Welcome to Wisdom from the Word of God, the Bible teaching ministry of Pastor Owen Butler, endeavoring to reconnect people with God. First Corinthians chapter 10, starting at verse 13, you'll find these words. No temptation has overtaken you except such as common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Uh, today, saints of God, I just want to talk to you for a little while from the thought, you can make it. You can make it. Amen? Amen. Lead me, guide me along the way. Lord, if you lead me, I cannot stray. Chapter 10. You can make it. In the context of verse 13, the Apostle Paul has been giving a history lesson to the church at Corinth, a Gentile church 
who was not as familiar, Deacon Johnson, about the history of the Israelites. So Paul uh, gives them a, a quick primer about the history of the Israelites as it related to their exodus from Egypt and their sojourn in the wilderness. Paul lets them know that even though that they were all Israelites, everyone there did not have the Lord's agenda on their heart. There was some in the crowd, a man who murmured with Moses, saying and accusing Moses of taking them out in the wilderness to die. There was no signs of death in the crowd, but yet there was the naysayers that said the only reason why Moses has brought us out here is to die. They completely negated God's leading of Moses in their exodus. They completely negated all of the plagues and the, the great works that God had done in Egypt to deliver them from their hard taskmasters. They negated how their hard taskmasters had given them the ominous and arduous job of trying to make brick without straw. They negated all of that and they got out there and they murmured against Moses. The text also lets us know that there were some out there during this time who decided that they wanted to serve another God. Another name for that was idolatrous. Yes, they were Israelites, but their heart was not with the Lord's agenda. So they were out there building golden calves and serving other graven gods. And God said that I am a jealous God and I will have no other gods before me. But you know, when it comes to stick neckness and it comes to hard headedness, amen, folk want to do what they want to do. And even though they all were Israelites by blood, they weren't all Israelites by spirit. I, I want to pause here for a moment, amen, to warn us as believers as well, just because folk look like they are Christians on the outside does not mean that they're Christians on the inside. See, we have to be careful on what we can see with our naked eye, amen, that it may deceive us into believing folks are walking with the Lord who really aren't walking with him at all. We need to be careful, amen, that in any great crowd, amen, that there are those who do not have the Lord's agenda on their heart. In the text, we see in the context of this passage that some of them were passive aggressive, but others were uh, uh, power players, amen, in the wilderness. Can you believe it that these folks have just been delivered from their bondage and they're out here playing games with the Lord? But you know, it's like that today. Folk uh, will be on their sick bed, amen. They'll be sick unto death amen and then god will heal them they'll come back in the church house and start raising as much hell as they were raising before they were sick because their outside appearance is saying that i am a child of god but the insides are far from him but i say this to those who have trusted in the lord and who want to do the lord's will to keep your focus because those are distractions. Those are brought about to get you off your job, 
They don't plan on doing anything and they don't want you to do nothing either. And I want to say that the work of Moses in the wilderness was not easy. Even though Moses had a great rod that he was able to stretch out to the Red Sea and it was departed and they walked across on dry land, even though that same rod was the rod that was turned into a snake when the soothsayers and magicians of Egypt turned their staffs into snakes and that it garbled them up, work was still not easy for Moses. I don't want you to think that it was easy for Moses to hear the people that he has sacrificed his life for telling him that he has brought them out to die. That he has brought them to a place that God did not say for them to go. That was hurting to him because he loved his people. So I want you to know folk are going to say things about you that are disparaging when you're trying to work for the Lord. And you ought to expect it. If Moses got it, surely you and I will get it as well. But the thing to remember is that Moses never stopped following the Lord. He never stopped doing the work of the Lord. He never stopped leading the folks to the promised land. He did the best he could to do what the Lord had called him to do. And you and I must do the same. We're not going to be perfect in everything and neither was Moses. As you know that Moses got so mad with the children of Israel one day that instead of tapping on the rock that the Lord said he struck it. And so the Lord then told Moses that because you have done this thing in my sight, in the sight of the people, that you will see the promised land but you will not enter in. So even as great a man as Moses was, amen, things can get so crazy that you can mess around and do something that you wish you had not done. But do not allow that to deter you from getting back on the road of redemption and get back into the work. Get back on the field and start playing again. Don't stay on the sidelines forever. Get wrapped up and get back in the game. And don't be upset because you don't have a great, uh, 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 a great bench to come in for you when you get tired. Because your strength isn't coming from them anyway, it's coming from the Lord. I hope somebody today can hear me in this battle that we're in. We're in a war and there are casualties, amen. Amen, casualties that those who used to be out here are no longer playing at all. But you stay focused because it's going to be between you and God what you have done for your lifetime. And now you can't blame it on somebody else. You can't say, Lord, well, I didn't do because such and such wouldn't, didn't come to the game. I didn't do because such and such decided they were going to go on vacation and not come back. No. God said, I called you to your work in this mission field. And it is your personal responsibility to do what I've called you to do. Amen? Amen. And so when we look at our text, we see that the, the people sat down to eat and drink and the rose up to play. Uh, that text is about folk who have decided, you know what? I'm going to just go and I'm going to do whatever I think I'm big and bad enough to do. I, I'm going to go and shake my money maker. I'm going to go and I'm going to hang out in the clubs and be like everybody else. I'm going to drink. I'm going to smoke. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And you know God knows my heart. See, there's a lot of folks that align themselves with the Lord, but there's nothing about their lifestyle that shows the Lord in them. So you start to scratch your head going, wait a minute, what is this? 
wait a minute, you say that you're a Christian, but every time you open your mouth, the things that come out of your mouth don't show me Christianity at all. The things that you do and the, and the kind of innuendo that you give, this is not lining up with the Lord. But remember, all of Israel was not Israel. Just because they looked like Israel on the outside did not mean that there were Israel on the inside. Remember that the Lord let us know that they were not Israelis because of their bloodline back to Abraham, but it's because they had faith in the same God that Abraham had in. And you know, every time that you get ready to deal with having faith in God, it is a purging experience. Amen. As we saw in our Sunday school lesson this morning, amen, of the great dinner, Amen. There's a lot of folks that say that they want to be with the Lord, but when it's time to come down, when the rubber meets the road and it's really time to show up for the Lord, they come up with excuses. They come up with excuses that I got this to do and I got that to do. Well, I just can't do it because this is going on. But as we discussed this morning, when you don't want to do something, any old excuse is good enough. Amen. And they had a lot of excuses as well. Some of them was talking about how great the fruits and the vegetables were back in Egypt and how they missed the dew melons and all of these great things. But in reality, what they would get when they go back to Egypt is a whip on their backs. But they were not really of the Lord and so therefore they were more uncomfortable being in the wilderness with the people of God than being in Egypt with those who were outside of the will of God. See some folks, amen, can't come to church is because they are not of the church. See, you can't put everybody in that basket just because they say all praise the Lord. See some folks have got a sad faith but not a real faith. So don't, don't get messed up when you hear that and you notice that they say one thing, but they do another. See, the reality is that actions always speak louder than words. That's what James was saying when he said, faith without works is dead. So in this passage, we've got a situation where Amen. That, that the, uh, the church at Corinth has some of these same attributes. The reason why Paul is saying this is because there are some believers that are dedicated to the Lord in Corinth that are surrounded by fake folks. Surrounded by, as the young people say, plastic. These folks ain't real. Amen. They talk about all oh, praise the Lord, but they're doing in every and anything they're big enough and bad enough to do. And it is making a real problem at the church at Corinth because these folk are in here trying to follow the Lord, but all around them are folks that are doing anything and everything they can do not to follow the Lord. So it's causing schisms and divisions in the church. But Paul comes along and tells them, you can make it. He tells them, you can make it in verse 13. But he says to them, no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to man. He's saying to them, I, I know that you're tempted to throw in the towel now. I, I know that you're tempted to say, what is the use when I'm in this group of folk and half of them want to go one way and the other half want to go another. 
And it seems like there's hardly anybody except me that's excited about anything as it relates to the Lord. So why do I try to do? Because Jimmy Sue won't do and, and Betty Sue won't do and, and, and Carla won't do and Carl won't do and, and Bobby won't do and everybody just seems to do whatever they want to do. When it's time to do the work of the Lord, nobody even shows up. So why do I continue? Paul is saying this kind of temptation is not one that's only you dealing with, but this is one that all mankind has had to deal with. And there have been faithful folk down through the years, and so you can be faithful too. I, I hope I'm talking to somebody today who's trying to do something for the Lord and feels like they're being held back because other folks around them that they were hoping that would step up and do some things ain't doing it. Amen. But you keep running anyhow. Because what you must know is that your strength is not in other folk anyway. It's in the Lord. And you know what? Whatever the Lord has given you to do, he will give you what is necessary so that you can do it. See, God don't need other folk. <laughs> Amen. He can do it on his own. You know, it's a blessed privilege that God has chosen to use us to do anything for him. So when other folks conk out, when other folks don't do, you keep on. Keep on doing it. Don't be discouraged. God will bring along what you need when you need it to do the work of the master. Don't give up. Don't become weary and well-doing, but keep running the race that's set before you. Amen? There is no temptation, but as such, is common to man. But I love the next part here. That after we get through looking at temptation, we find that God is faithful. That's all you need, saints, is the Lord. It is God who saved you in the first place and not man. So if man don't come alongside you when you're serving the Lord, that's all right. Because God's going to be right there with you, Mother dear Wood. In whatever you're doing, amen. And most of the time, doing ministry is a lonely thing anyway. Amen. Doing ministry, there ain't a whole lot of folk going to be about the business. Everybody's got an excuse. But that's all right, because God is with you. He is the one that's going to empower you. He's the one who's going to direct you. He's the one who's going to give you the word that you need to give to somebody else to make a difference in their lives. If we would look over our lives, those folks that we've made a difference in their lives, a lot of times it's a one-on-one -on -one experience anyway. It's me and you and you and them. And it is just a few of us talking with somebody or just one-on-one. -on -one. When we have to deal with them late in the midnight hours when they call and they are frantic and don't know what to do. But God, in that moment, even though we got sleepiness in our eyes, he straightens us up and he gives us the words to say as we pray to help them get along a little while longer. So don't be weary in well-doing though folk are going off the ship. Though folks are jumping over and saying, I don't know why you're staying on, you stay on the battlefield for the Lord. Don't you give up and don't you give in, but you run on with him. Because if you don't give in, you're surely going to win. Looking at our text, it says, he will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. You know, sometimes in our lives, situations come up and difficulties seem like there are mountains that we can't tunnel through. 
seems like that situation and that financial situation or that health situation or that relationship situation is so much that we just can't do it anymore. God says to his people today, he says, no, I will not allow something to be put on you that you are not able. You may not understand that you're able, but I do. That's why you got to live by faith and not by sight. Because your sight will tell you, I'm done. I might as well give up now because there ain't nothing I can do here. But it's not about what you can do anything. It's about what the Lord can do through you. And the Lord promises that he'll be with you and he will not allow on you more than you're able so even if it looks like it, it's just a trick of the devil, you just keep trusting the Lord. When it looks like that everything you need to get something done is not available, you keep trusting the Lord. You keep calling on the name of the Lord. You keep saying to the Lord, I don't see it with my eyes, but I see it with my heart. Lord, you said in your word that you would be faithful. You said that you would not put on me more than I'm able. So, Lord, I'm standing on your promises today. Lord, that you're going to show me a way. And so the Lord is able. Amen. We are to look in our lives and we know that we have gone through situations that we thought that we could never make it through. We've gone through situations when we thought that we were at the end only to realize that God had opened up a door that we could not see. He had built a bridge to cross over troubled waters. It's the kind of God we serve. And that same God is the same God is going to get you through your situations of today and tomorrow as well. Because there is no temptation such as common to man. But with the temptation, he will give us a way of escape that we should be able, what? To bear it. See, God is able to strengthen us. And when we fall over, amen, we can get back up. You need to know that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above anything that you could ever ask or think. When I look at this text, I'm reminded of a toy when I was a little boy. Amen. This toy was called Weeble Wobble, but he don't fall down. When I look at this text, when it says that you will be able to bear it, amen. I remember grandmama saying that God would not put on you more than you could bear. And I remember watching this toy, amen, and that this toy, the Weeble Wobble, and it don't fall down. That you can hit Weeble Wobble as many times as you wish. And when you hit him, he'd go down, but he'd pop back up. Then you could stand on him and you could sit on him. You could bring the whole team to lay on him. But as soon as you got off of Weeble Wobble, he'd pop back up. Well, I want you to know, uh, one child said to another, he said, what is it that makes Weeble Wobble pop back up? And another kid said, well, I know what it is. He said, because when we lay down on Weeble Wobble and we get off of him and he pops back up, when we punch him to the ground and he pops back up, 
The reason why Wibble Wobble can pop back up is because he got a little man on the inside. And when we knock him down, the little man lifts him back up. Well, I want to say to you saints of God today that you got a man inside. He's not a little man, but he's God Almighty. So when the world and all of its issues knock you down, that the Lord will pop you back up. You can run on even though that your money is funny and your change is strange. Even though husbands and wives may go to stray, that kids may do this and that, and you might be knocked down, you will pop back up. Even though the world and the society says that Christians are irrelevant and that they need to be snuffed out, when they swing against you and knock you down, you can pop back up. So you keep on doing the good work of the master. Even when Christians come through and stick their foot out to cause you to trip. When you fall down, realize that you can pop back up. As long as you trust in the Lord Jesus Christ in the pardon of your sin, know that he is able to keep you from all hurt, harm, and danger. You just keep your mind focused on the mission and let the Lord do the ministry through you. And then one of these days when it's all over, when it's said and done, that you shall get a crown from the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and you shall sit at his right hand forevermore. Because you finished the race, you finished the course, you fought the good fight, you've been poured out like a drink offering, and at that day he shall give you your just reward. So don't you give up no matter what other folks are doing. You run for the Lord. Amen? Amen.